recorded live at 4 Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM. And broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. Welcome, friends of all designs, to Zed Games. I'm your host, Paul, tonight, and joining me is, of course, Easy. Yo, what's up? Yeah. Uh, what a night tonight. We've, of course, got the news uh, at the top. Uh, and then I will be reviewing the uh, long-anticipated indie darling, 12 Minutes. That's going to be exciting. And then I'll be following up with another review of Not For Broadcast. It's a Paul show. It's very me, but I'm going to let Ease talk once in a while. Yeah, occasionally um, I'm yeah, Stay in your corner. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold on. Let me just get away. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, but before we get more of me, uh, which is what you're all anticipating, <laughs> uh, let's just hit the news right away. Get into it. Because it has been a big week. This week in gaming news, Twitch streamers are planning a protest. A group of streamers intend to turn off their channels on September 1st to protest the slow response from Twitch with regards to addressing a spike in bigoted harassment on the platform. This protest has been organized by Wreck-It Raven using the hashtag AdayOffTwitch. This protest has been brewing for a long time with streamers expressing their frustrations over the last few months. A lot of the harassment issues these streamers appear to be facing involve what is called hate raids, where users will create a large number of dummy accounts and use bots to spam channels with hateful messages. Twitch promised back in August that it would launch channel-level ban evasion detection, as well as improvements to its account verification process. However, streamers are still waiting. Streamers have decided to take matters into their own hands by using third-party software to attempt to combat the hate raids. Twitch have still yet to respond to the issue. Germany's 2021 Gamescom is going off with a bang, featuring many big announcements from the likes of NVIDIA with their games Myst and Guardians of the Galaxy getting ray tracing support for PC. Xbox brings a new flashy controller to accompany Forza Horizon 5 and another controller for Halo Infinite, not to mention what has already sold out the Halo Infinite-themed Xbox Series X. The Sims 4 gets a free update, the Industrial Loft Kit. Toplitz Productions announces Star Sand for you survival game lovers out there, where you must survive the desert dunes from giant sandworms. Destiny 2 reveals The Witch Queen to be launched in February. Broken Records, created by Aussie developers Drop Bear Bites, looks to be releasing in 2022. Another Aussie game that brought you Yonder the Cloudcatcher announces Grow, Song of the Evertree, and shows off a heap of solid gameplay. As well as so many other games such as Pets Hotel, which is literally a hotel for pampering and taking care of pets, to indie watercolour game Torn Away, set in World War II. The most recent announcements are Horizon Forbidden West to be released on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 on the 18th of February 2022, and the official LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga is expected somewhere between March and June next year. Gamescom will run until August 27th, with hopefully more awesome drops to come. In other news, Soldier Boy claims to own Atari. 
You heard me. World famous rapper Soldier Boy posted a video online claiming that he signed two deals with Atari, making him the first rapper in history to own a games company. Atari were forced to respond to the matter with a tweet that says, We know that CEO of Atari is a dream job, but that honor belongs to Wade Rosson. We can say with some certainty that Soldier Boy does not own Atari. Speaking of world-famous rappers, Snoop Dogg loves to stream on Twitch and recently has moved his gaming setup, and somehow has accidentally muted himself in the process. It's so far been three whole streaming sessions and no one has told him and nor has he noticed. You'd think someone would have told him by now, but unfortunately Snoop Dogg has his Twitch chat disabled, and unless someone has his number, it doesn't appear like he's unmuting himself anytime soon. The Week in Gaming Releases On August 26th, Have a Blast comes to PC and Switch, Hotel Life, a resort simulator, comes to PC, PS5, Xbox X Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. The Magnificent Truffle Pigs comes to Switch. Spelunky and Spelunky 2 comes to Nintendo Switch. And Spookware comes to PC. On August 27th, Baldo comes to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. No More Heroes 3, Nintendo Switch. Tormented Souls comes to PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox X, and Nintendo Switch. On August 30th, Book of Travels to PC. On August 31st, The Big Con to PC, Xbox Series X, and Xbox One. Crown Trick to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Kiwi to all the platforms. Maneater Truth Quest DLC comes out on PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox X Series, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Monster Harvest to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Rustler on PlayStation 5, Xbox X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And Train Life, a railway simulator, comes to PC. And on September 1st, Lake comes to PC and Xbox X Series. That's all this week in gaming news. Well, thank you for that, Easy. You are certainly welcome. The uh, very important news there, of course, that Snoop Dogg has... Well, I don't know if he's unmuted yet, but at last reporting he had not muted. Unmuted. Yeah, well, he's just, he, uh, he likes to smoke quite a bit of the green stuff whilst he streams, so he probably has... No and also, idea. he often is playing games with both hands doing something else. Yeah, which it always leaves for <laughs> uh, interesting Reddit threads of people going, someone else is playing these games for him, I, and or it's... I feel if you're as powerful as Snoop Dogg, why wouldn't you get someone else to play the games for you? I mean, he probably can't see. He, does, he seems <laughs> to be squinting quite a lot. Which is, of course, the biggest uh, news of the week. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. and also, I just want to correct, it's uh-huh. not Broken Roads, uh, Broken Records, it was Broken Roads that creates... That's, um, by the Aussie developers, drop bear bites. That's yeah, coming. Little yeah. survival tactic thing. Um, and we also wanted to mention because it's not part of games. Kind of came out a little bit earlier. Other Halo Infinite news, which is a mm. bit disappointing. Uh, they confirmed that the when it does release, it will not have co-op in the campaign and the forge mode, which is where you can sort of build your own map designs and game modes in multiplayer won't uh, be launching either so both are still expected but we're talking like six months plus yeah three three plus months i'm suspecting at least six um but you know considering this game was supposed (laughs) to launch a year ago yeah what state was it in because they delayed it quite late i i already Mm. suspect um there's probably a lot of really hard workers <laughs> oh i, I assume studio, it's not a fun place to be industries. at the moment 
No, it would not be. Mm. Um, and that's always, you know, a cause for alarm. I, I, I always feel a little bit stressed uh, for developers when you have such big behemoth games like, like you know, Halo or even things like Borderlands and stuff like that. And then uh, the Cyberpunk's actually probably the biggest example in terms <laughs> I mean, of like oh. having having so much hype, having so much pressure to deliver, and then being delayed so many times, and then still having a product delivered in the state that it was in, is an example of industry crunch at at its worst i mean there's a lot of management issues wrong with cyberpunk uh, you yeah. could spend a whole episode talking about that and that's just the stuff we know about <laughs> yeah um, well exactly <laughs> it, it was a lot of mistakes made along the road there um, yes which hopefully we can learn from and become better hopefully as a as an industry we can get better at uh you know cause we're actually quite a young industry the games industry so you know we're still it's still got a lot to figure out how we actually get our stuff together and how we produce mm. it, create it, develop it in ways that don't, you know, completely burn out people. Okay. My name <laughs> is Paul and I'm here with Easy. Yo. And right now we are going to review the game 12 Minutes that oh, I've been anticipating for a very Well, you long mean time. you're going to review 12 Minutes? Well, yeah, you can talk. You don't have to I mean, silent. I've read plenty of other reviews. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> okay. Let's have a listen to me talking about this game. That's, that's a good segue, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so 12 minutes by Luis Antonio. The indie mega release has finally come out after it missed its original release window of 2016. Personally, I've been highly anticipating this title for around five years, so I've got a lot invested. What is 12 minutes? You play a man in an apartment where he lives with his wife. One night, a violent intruder enters the home claiming to be a police officer. And then after 12 minutes, the timeline resets and you find yourself at the beginning of the scenario, ready to play through and see how you can alter the outcome. This was a very popular pitch that saw the game expand in visual quality over the years, and eventually, after striking a deal with a prestigious publisher and a Perna Interactive, it got an A-list cast of James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. One interesting choice was the casting of two UK actors to play American characters. They do a great job with the dialect, so much so their voices are basically unrecognisable. I question whether it was worth getting such big names if they can't really be recognised, but they do a great job, especially Defoe, who is as Defoe as you can get. At its core, 12 Minutes is actually quite a traditional point-and-click adventure game, played from a stylish top-down point of view. Even on console, you move a cursor around and click on what you want to interact with. The game is quite responsive with how you interact, verging on a more natural style of interaction, sort of like Oxenfree, where the characters can talk over and interrupt each other. It isn't as successful as that game, however. Here's where I play my hand. 12 minutes doesn't succeed at much. Its strongest point is the incredible strong starting premise. Then you start to realise your interactions aren't really very broad in where you can take the story. At certain points, having to sit through large bits of unskippable dialogue multiple times just to make a minor change near the end. Finally landing with a boneless thud on the wet, sticky ground of disappointment, there's a story so terrible, I thought maybe it was a joke, and I discover the real story later. For a game with such a long development cycle, I do wonder where the years went. The dialogue is quite good and very well directed, but the story itself is irredeemably poor. There's three rooms, but there's barely anything you'll do in one of them, and lots of mechanics built into the game that never seem to result in anything at all. For instance, you can put almost any object on any surface. Why? 
Who knows? The puzzles are light, and the game takes more of a structure of just making sure you exhaust everyone's dialogue options to open up some more opportunities next loop. And so often you'll find yourself figuratively, or potentially literally, I don't want to speak for you, yelling at the screen wondering why your character won't do an obvious thing. For a game about playing in a small space, I was kind of hoping that it would let me play with a lot more ideas. One of the reasons I find stories and games based in time loops so compelling is that you're given a small space, but inside it, there's a depth to discover simply by exploring, and 12 minutes just doesn't have any depth. On the whole, the game lets you skip many of the repetitive um, components, like dialogue, but only when you're in the conversation. If it's a conversation you're listening to, no such option exists. And you still need to fast forward every line when you do have the option, which is a bit tiring when you've done the same thing 20 times. If anything, so much production seemed to go into slightly different ways for you to be killed, including, if you choose, it uh, depictions of suicide. Also, your wife seems to be able to fall asleep in a great number of random positions and locations. And while these animations are neat, it doesn't seem like a feature that needed to be so high on the priority list. This review, I realize, is coming off pretty negative. And while the game did leave me with a bad taste in my mouth, the first two acts admittedly had me captivated. My friends who were also playing had the same experience. Once we started the game, we'd be thinking about it even when not playing. What if I tried this? I wonder if... and so on. To steal a comment I heard elsewhere, there are two reactions to 12 minutes. Those who love the game, and those who have finished the game. So listener, what do I recommend? This game is very compelling, it has an amazing premise, but it doesn't really stick the landing. I swear I'm not paid by Microsoft, but here I go again. 12 minutes is available on Game Pass, and it's a perfect experience for a service like this. At $36, I would find it difficult to recommend this game to anyone, but included in a service you may already have, I actually highly recommend checking it out yourself. It's neat, just also a bit terrible. 12 minutes is available on PC and Xbox platforms. There it is. <laughs> Thought it's just... fair and balanced. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's got like fairly mixed reviews. Yeah, um, which excited me at first because I kind of like a game that is polarizing. Controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it means they went for something, but I think I that that line. I can't remember where I heard it, which is why I didn't attribute it to anyone. That there's people that love the game and people that have finished it, because boy howdy, by the end, is it. It's not just that the story is really bad, but the last few steps are literally like, okay, play through the entire thing in an unskippable manner and then do one thing and then do it all again and do another thing. Oh, yeah, that sounds tedious. Yeah, it's not structured great. But the premise is great. And I can imagine so many ways this could have been good. (laughs) Yeah, and and some people, you know, like um, Heidi Kojima. Kojima uh, loves it. Yeah, Yeah. loves it, saying, you know, it's been into... Hasn't been so into a game since Inside. Um, and Inside and then, is, I, I consider, one of the greatest games of all right? time. Right. So there's that, and then you've got, and then you've got on the other hand, you've got like other people saying things like it was pretentious and exhausting, terrible. There's also, uh, you know, it, it suffers a lot of criticism for the amount of domestic violence, particularly in the fact that uh, you have to do you, certain you, things. You can do optional domestic yeah. violence, which is, it's it's kind of the thing. If you get into the Groundhog Day thing, you mm. know, I'm going to use spoilers for Groundhog Day instead of 12 minutes. Cause that, yeah, yeah. So like eventually Phil is like, you know what I'm going to, I'm just going to grab a gun and shoot myself. There. Like, like, because you're doing loops and things don't matter, you might take things to extremes. And there's choices in this game where you could, 
take, be take quite them violent, to the take to the extreme. But there's also people are referring to something that you can do that you have to do for the story. And whilst you might have reached the point logically where you're like, oh, this is fine to do because nothing matters because I'm just going to reset a loop after doing this, that's still going to make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is an adult thriller. So at the same time, it's like, be warned, it's, be sensitive to yeah. such things, but also it is appropriate to the genre. It's a darker and, you know, it's it's a more mature content-filled game. Uh, so, you know, it is... Play with an air of caution yeah, if, you, pro- if you're... Probably on, like, the, on the pay, on the, like, store, it's probably worth having a content warning yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. just because of some of those things. I think it does make a difference to people when it's interactive. It's interesting. I was just... I'm just looking at some of the review scores for, for 12 minutes, and you've got Game Informer, GameSpot, and IGN all eight nine out of ten, and then you've got PC Gamer like fifty out of a hundred. Like they're just like oh yeah, yeah. So it's like it is quite. You have to play it yourself to make up your mind. I think on whether this which, is something which that is you... to then be a, a game a, a Microsoft spooking person again. Yeah, exactly. That is where game like Game Pass at the moment. If you've got Game Pass, Psychonauts two just came out. I started playing that this morning. Oh, that's real good so far. Get it for Psychonauts two, and then. Spend two hours, play 12 minutes, because yeah, it's yeah. interesting, and you'll have thoughts, and you'll share them, and you might even be really captivated at the beginning. Yeah. Just don't... You know, I have to, probably I not have to ask, yeah. for a game that's called 12 Minutes, how long does it actually take to play uh, So I heard a year ago that it was going to be like a 15-hour long game, which I was shocked by. probably comes out about a six-hour long game. Okay. Four to six, depending on your puzzle. Four to six hours things. for 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. in three rooms. <laughs> In three rooms. There we go. All the numbers. This is Zed Games. I'm Paul. Joining me is Ease. Yo, what's up? Yo, yo, yo. Well, what's oh. up is another game review by me as well. I'm sorry that I'm such a, a Yeah, thing. look, I'm just decoration this evening. I've just been playing so many things of late <laughs> that I and I have that control freak nature to myself. Yeah, look, this is also your show to run, so you're entitled to do whatever the yeah, you know, everyone wants to me. But, you know, let's uh, let's uh, get a bit more energy in it. Let's get some hoots and hollers going through yeah, this one. A bit of heckling. Yeah, yeah, all in there. Okay, uh, so let's get into this one. Oh, I do like setting a tone. Okay, so this game, not for broadcast, is yet another tired entry in the professional vision mixer genre. How many times now have we as players been asked to run a national nightly news broadcast? switching between cameras, censoring bad language and political language, and running the ad breaks. If I had a dollar for every game I'd played like this, I'd have maybe two, but I think I'm stretching it. So one dollar. Not for Broadcast by Not Games is based in an alternative 1980s Britain. You're a cleaner who is thrown unceremoniously into the position of running the news broadcast one evening, when you are the only person available. It's the night of the election, and a new party is about to take control. This kicks off a satirical dystopian story as the country changes around the player and the player's control of the news can help shape the country. The game structure is simple enough. You'll run the nightly news consisting of a few segments, the headlines, and then two pieces which vary from broadcast to broadcast. You get to pick the ads you want to show also. The player gets to shape this game's story in many ways. You get to select which headlines or photos to use for a story, helping shape the public's perception, along with some of your editing choices, plus the aforementioned ads, which have more effect than a simple funny interlude between sections. In between broadcast evenings, the game has a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure quality, putting you in small vignettes in your home life, where you'll be given choices to make further changes uh, to alter each player's individual playthroughs. 
I haven't spelled this out yet, but all the video footage you're editing is filmed for real. Every setup is recorded in multicam, so you have coverage to work with. And the production is really good. Sometimes blunt, crass, and straight up Benny Hill levels silly. But that's the tone they're going for, and they nail it. From arguing academics to painful musical numbers, the game has a wonderful variety of content to engage with. One thing players may encounter while paying attention to when to cut words to center, and let's just say other distractions, you can actually lose the flow of the story of the game. It's just a result of focusing so heavily on the micro in a situation. The game has an easy solution for this, however. Once a broadcast is complete, you can go back and watch your handiwork at your own leisure. Not only that, but you can go back and watch each camera. Want to go check out the argument the host was having while you were following an interview on the other side of the studio? Now's your chance. The interface of the game is really slick. In a very broad way, it might remind you of Five Nights at Freddy's, because not only do you have your broadcast console in front of you, but you can turn left and right in the room to engage with other elements. You can play the game entirely with the mouse, but everything has hotkeys and I highly encourage you to use them, as the game can get quite hectic. Not only do you have the edit to manage, uh, you also have to manage interference in the broadcast, and you'll generally have two versions of the audio playing at once, since the edit is live, but the broadcast is three seconds delayed, so you'll hear a swear word on the live feed, then wait three seconds and bleep it out on the broadcast feed. It can get so hectic at points, the game could get downright hard, as errors you make, or just failure to keep the edit lively, loses your audience, and you can lose. That said, if it's all too much, you can switch to a no-fail mode and just enjoy the story and playing around with the mechanics. Also on the interface, this game has excellent accessibility options. All controls can be mapped and all audio is subtitled. But it's not just that. You have a huge level of customizability for the subtitles. How they're displayed, what colors various cues should be for colorblind accessibility. It's all very well thought out to a level very few games attempt. The whole game just feels extremely polished and well considered. I haven't finished the game at this point, but there's a reason for that. The game itself is not finished. Originally released in 2020, it contained the first chapter of three planned chapters. All was looking good for chapter two's production when our old friend COVID happened. Throwing their ability to film in the planned manner uh, um, out the window, and the team put together a new chapter filmed in lockdown, and even documented the experience uh, in a documentary called Lights, Camera, Lockdown, which you can find on Steam and on YouTube. Chapter 2 did get filmed though, and now we're waiting on the third chapter, which will hopefully take the game out of early access. That said, the game in its current state is extremely full featured, and it's just the final content that's still being made. Not for Broadcast is fun, very silly, extremely polished, and utterly unique, and if you're so inclined, I think you'll have a very good time with it. The game is available on PC via Steam. I'm just uh, admiring your ability, Paul, to talk about a game about broadcasting while simultaneously broadcasting and managing all the other little mechanics of being in a radio studio. Well, not only that, like, <laughs> I have actually worked as a vision mixer before. Oh, so there's that. It's coupled so, with your other abilities. So when I was talking about how you kind of lose the actual, like, the, the macro of what's going on, mm. like, I've, I have, like, vision mix plays and I do not know what the play is about. <laughs> Like, I just know, like, it, that person happening. talks and that person talks and then there's going to be a queue over there. Someone's let me know about that. So we'll cut out to that. It's like, I, I've, I've shot a feature film before. I shot 30% of it. I was the DOP for 30% of it or so. I don't know what the, what the story is. <laughs> <laughs> 
And is that is, is that similar with not for broadcast in terms of like you know the content that you're actually Be- because it's very broad. It's, yeah. it's very broad, so... I mean, when I'm saying Belly Hill, I mean, like, literally you'll get, like, people chasing people around the room and something. Like, the it is satire, but it's not subtle satire. It's, like, you'll have someone standing there as a member of, of the authority for morality, and halfway mm-hmm. through the interview, his cupboard bursts open and his gimp falls out. Like, we're right, not... Right. We're, not ta- we're talking broad strokes. So it's pretty easy to follow, but the fun is actually that there's a bunch of stuff that you won't actually notice that's happening on the other cameras that you're not following. And that's where being able to go back and see how the stuff works. Uh, plus, if you actually want to really understand what's happening, that's where watching it again a second time works out pretty well. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's like there are other games I like. I like full motion video games. There's been interesting ones. Yeah, uh, you know, our um, uh, Telling Lies and stuff. Like, and back in the day, Psychic Detective, if you yeah, were a yeah, 90s yeah. wee kid. And whilst they are, people have touched on this, this is pretty like no one's actually just like no you're you're running a propaganda network basically it's a little bit like papers please except very silly (laughs) right well it looks like it's highly praised um like you know it's got overwhelmingly positive reviews on steam so not for broadcast there you go yeah what a game uh so oh wait i i need to i need to uh check up here um is snoop dogg still muted i just googled uh, I haven't had anyone. <laughs> no one's confirming it. Uh, so, as far as I'm aware, he Snoop still Dogg is. is still muted. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm, thing is, actually, he he actually he's not muted. He's just um, so high right now for the last week or so. Yeah, he thinks he he's is. talking, but it's all an internal monologue. Um, Does he is he aware that his streaming is the next question I have? <laughs> <laughs> what is streaming? Someone just snuck a camera in there and they just put game footage in the corner. Yeah, it's funny. Um, we were saying before how he he sort of doesn't know what his, you know, like whether he's actually playing the games or not because it's like literally like a clip of him like taking both his hands away from the keyboard to like to like do something he's else. Got controls. He's got that Xbox accessibility And then controller. and then the character on the screen's still moving and it's like um okay. Every, everything's above board. <laughs> Snoop Snoop Dogg, he's a stand-up citizen and there's no reason Do you remember to when he got anything. into reggae? That was great. Is that when he was Snoop Lion? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why you come to Z Games for the hottest of Snoop Dogg news. Yeah, um, yeah. Nothing to do with video games at all. <laughs> Kind of. I gotta get home and play myself some uh, Psychonauts too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with my new PlayStation Five. Oh yeah. Oh, that's the news we didn't talk about. Yeah, oh, I do know. We got time. Oh yeah, we got time. We got time. <laughs> so not only did Ease get a PlayStation Five, they got the new model. Yeah, I got the new. Mo- I got the one that can screw in the the, the thing <laughs> without without much. the without a screwdriver. Yeah. That's right. A new screw. I got a new screw. <laughs> Amazing, isn't yeah, that amazing? And potentially, and it's I think don't know if it's still confirmed, but apparently, potentially slightly lighter. I don't know. I I've, I can only vouch for the weight of the one I have. Yeah. I haven't gone around and picked do, up do yours, you Paul. Bring it around and we'll, we'll, we'll weigh them and we'll, we'll see. Them. Someone else can do this. It's, yeah, it's too much fuss for we'll us. We'll compare our PlayStation fives. Oh, that's 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 what all the lads do. Stand yeah, around yeah. comparing their PlayStation fives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'll do after this. We'll go do that. <laughs> All good. Oh, I am I do I am looking forward to Sony hasn't really announced anything in a pretty long time. So stuff no, they will haven't. Be, be working. There must there must be projects in the thing. Like I'm still waiting to see what the new VR they do is because uh, you know, I've, I think I, still, I swing that way. I think they're still panicking that they can't produce PS5s as fast as but the But they demand. can. 
they can't they can't meet demand. But the PS5 has sold faster than any of their previous consoles. Well, yeah, I mean, it's over ten million. It's amazing. So it really, um, what were they expecting? Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's the end of Zed Games. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZedGamesAU. See, See you next time. time.